0: Take the next chance. And the next. You're rebels, aren't you? i called the Jesse James. Jesse, aka The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle Cast, welcome back to the podcast. I am The Bizzle, and this is going to be a glorious podcast, because not only do I have Jedi Geek Girl back on, so it's always glorious with Jedi Geek Girl, but we are talking Ray Low. guys. If you don't know what Raylo Low is, we're going to tell you. If you do know what Raylo is, but don't have an opinion or know much about it, we're going to tell you as well and if you have a strong opinion about Raylo then I urge you to listen to this conversation because it is one I've had over the last year and a half with this lovely woman Jedi geek girl welcome back to the podcast
1: Thank you so much for having me back on. Just when I think I'm going to have a weekend off editing my podcast, you bring me right back in. You suck me right back
0: in. I'm I desperate and begging you to do this podcast this weekend because I've been thinking about this the last 48 hours so much. So thank you for entertaining me.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: Or not entertaining me, but entertaining my insanity in general about doing podcasts.
1: Well, somebody has to do it. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's basically going to be the theme for the podcast guys you'll you'll understand why in a second so Jenny Geek Girl normally I start with something a little bit light connected and end with something a little bit light connected however today uh, because I want to talk about this so much and your time is precious I want to jump in straight to the la- Raylo slash Ben Demption discussion if we have time at the end I have a few related questions for you so all I will ask you to start this off and we'll get started straight into the Raylo Bendemption discussion and talk about what that is, why it's controversial, why certain people think certain things in our opinions or why we think certain things. But first of all, just to get this going, how is your post-celebration blues or other experience going? Because I definitely miss it and think about it a lot.
1: It is all that I can think about. I am already planning for next year. I'm planning to go. I'm hoping that you go. It's just all that I'm I gonna can go. think about because it is such a surreal experience being in the moment. Like, being surrounded by so many people who love what you love and being around so many people who if you met them one-on-one you will, like, think it, it was so surreal. Like There was moments where I was like, I cannot believe I'm here. And after going and Thinking about it, I still cannot believe I went it. I'm, I'm so happy and Star Wars is still love and like I said, I am planning on going next year. I'm going to do everything I can. Even if I can't, I'm still going to take the next, uh, the necessary steps such as purchasing my ticket and trying to reserve a hotel, but that's probably going to be really hard.
0: So one of the podcasts that we both listened to and we met the two lovely ladies, uh, and they're going to come up in this podcast probably with a couple other podcasters, just because along with you, it's where I get my information, um, is the Sky Talkers podcast. Uh, we met them. They were lovely. We had a conversation. It was great. I listened to them. They're awesome. Their EK Johnston interview is like, I can't believe they get these interviews. They also have interviewed Beth Revis in the past, I think, for Rebel Rising. They did a Rogue One retrospective a few months back that, like your my podcast about Rogue One, it really warmed my heart because they love the movie and just hadn't revisited in a while. But anyways, they're big railos, and they're very smart talking about it. And like the Scavengers Horde and maybe one or two other podcasts uh, might come up just in terms of me bringing in some of the great points that they made. However, before we let Celebration Go, and We'll get into Ben redemption. I will say I said it on our podcast, it's on Simi's podcast. I've said it on solo stuff. I've written about it. The Star Wars celebration crowd was the nicest, most friendly, warm, and welcoming crowd ever. And I do love the sky. Uh, the reason I brought up Sky Talkers, I do love their Star Wars is tragedy thing. But I think you and I agree, Star Wars is also love, and there couldn't have been more love in, in that city in that giant hall the whole weekend. And on top of that, people who have been to all the celebration and this was your and I first, said this was easily the best in terms of enthusiasm, energy, and love all around. And it turns out that our defense of people like Kelly Marie Tran, Ahmed Best, and others has n- completely flipped and created a whole new level of joy, enthusiasm, and love in the Star Wars community. Do you agree with me?
1: I do, yes.
0: There was a lot of love in that room. There was a lot of love. And speaking of love... <laughs> I've been thinking about how to start this podcast because some of my listeners have listened to everything, some have listened to some of the stuff, some listen to some of the Star Wars, some listen to all of the Star Wars, and not the other stuff. But let me start with this Jedi Geek Girl, which is uh, before I thought about doing the Raylo podcast, I realized I hadn't really done a Ray podcast. I mean she, as I've said, is as important to the Star Wars franchise as Luke Han and maybe Leia combined in the original trilogy, in terms of her cultural importance, with the little side note that Ahsoka Tano is very related to this, but I don't know if she's going to come up, but between Ahsoka and Rey, uh, you know, the two most as much as we love Kylo, he's on all of our top five lists, everyone loves Kylo Ren, even the people who hate him as a bad guy, love him as an actor and a character nevertheless, Rey and Ahsoka, to me, are the most important and from a cultural standpoint, and I was like, "Well, while we're doing a Ray podcast, why don't we do a Ray podcast?" So. Jedi Geek Girl, I'm going to tease my perspective just for the audience, even though you know this, and then I'm going to throw it to you to describe this uh, feeling slash phenomenon a little bit, which is, as I've, I said throughout the con- the convention, before and even since, I'm like the Bendu. I'm the one in the middle. I, I understand people who want Kylo to die and the revenge for killing Han Solo and lots of really, more importantly, lots of other people that he should die or be punished for it. I do sympathize with the romantic aspect or even the friendship connection aspect that you've talked about. And there's lots of different relos and there's lots of different ways to express it. However, I need to throw it to you first before we start talking about it as a topic. So, um, so Raylo, obviously Ray plus Kylo dot. We all know this shipping. You know, this is, we forget that seven years ago, no one was combining names and talking about shipping, but now everyone knows what it is talking about. So it's some form of shipping, Ray and Kylo, or maybe it's more than that. So I'm going to throw it to you about the sort of general, um, let's say framework of what makes Raylo and then the more specific version that you're talking about. Take as much time as you need.
1: Reylo is basically about the connection between the characters of Rey and Kylo. It's about their dynamic and their chemistry. It's about these two characters that are so similar yet so different coming together and their stories intertwining as well as their relationship. The Last Jedi epitomize this because it was about them clashing together, interweaving, and influencing each other on an intimate level without being sexual. That's the key to Raylo is the interpersonal relationship and dynamic. And no matter which way you look at it, whether you look at it as romantic or spiritual, it is so intimate that the romantic side of it comes natural because the spiritual side is as intimate as the sexual aspect of it. So Raylo is basically the relationship between Ray and Kylo, which may or may not be romantic for some people. And it is so intimate that that is why people cling to it because it's so relatable and it's so personal. And it is so attractive because the stories that we relate to the most and cling to the most is intimate relationships. That's why we love... Romantic relationships and why we love relationships that are not romantic but are so so intimate because if you go inside somebody's head, that's very mm. intimate well whether you'd go in there mm. in their head with or without their permission that's still very intimate like if I was <sighs> to walk down the street and meet a stranger. Oh, and I, I was should. to enter their head, that's very in, that's very intimate. That's mm. very, very <laughs> uncomfortably intimate. If somebody was to go into my head, that's very intimate. Those, those are boundaries that are on the same level, obviously it's different, but on the same level as a sexual connection. You, you are, somebody's, I'm not going to get graphic, but you know what I'm talking about. Which oh is yeah, the I'm about connection. to talk about it, oh. so
0: it's fine, say whatever you want.
1: <laughs> well, it, 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 it's it's like a sexual embrace if you go inside somebody's head because you yeah. are so close yeah. to somebody yeah. and you're literally physically you know in them. So.
0: So here's where I'm coming from. 2015, uh, sometime between September and November, I watched and rewatched and rewatched his full commentaries for Jessica Jones season one. And. The entirety of Jessica Jones Season 1 is about Kilgrave mind-controlling men, women, boys, girls, old, young to do what he wants. Sometimes just to give him a jacket and sometimes to enslave and rape, let's be honest, Jessica Jones because of his obsession with her. And then I see The Force Awakens. The first interaction of Rey and Kylo is Kylo... Drilling in her head without her permission and then putting her unconscious. The second interaction is him really pulling from her head Luke Skywalker and God knows what else. I mean, the thing is you have to interpret or not interpret that there's other stuff going on. You know, it's sold as just Luke and Jelly Geek Girl. You know this with the behind the scenes. They did a hundred takes of Ray in the torture chair and Kylo. And according to, I think JJ or one of the producers, they picked the least creepy take. Like he touched her in a lot of the takes. It was cool because they're two professional, brilliant actors. So guys, there's a couple ground rules that Jaggi Girl and I said ahead of time but I want to say to you guys. One is that everything's on the table. We're having a philosophical discussion. I told Jaggi Girl I've been coming way more to her side so I I don't think there's going to be a ton of friction but there will be a couple things we disagree about but everything's on the table and two, we talk openly about things like rape and sexual abuse and stuff like that. I think it's important regardless of your perspective. Again, with my Jessica Jones thing. I, it was very hard for me not to think of Kilgrave and Jessica Jones while that was going on, so I admit that that was influencing me and still influences me in this whole topic. Um, but we also, uh, JK Girl, we I didn't specifically say this before the podcast, but I know we agree that we can talk about Daisy and uh, Adam separate from Kylo and Ray. And I think that's important because they're amazing in their chemistry. Let's start here. The, the physical chemistry not sexual but the like always in it with each other even when it's technically you know a uh, force skype uh which by the way i think they acted a lot of those scenes across from each other off camera i'm pretty sure with the last jedi it's just too close and then they made it seem like a force skype you can respond to that but uh, did you agree that we we can separate but also connect the actors from the characters
1: I do, and I would like to say that those scenes were shot together. You just only yeah. saw half of the conversation. so it's like so Daisy They're was great. on location, and uh, Kylo was on mm. location with mm-hmm. Rachel so. mm-hmm. or Adam, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And that's why no one's mad or cares that Adam Driver doesn't show up to events, because he throws his life and acts his ass off. And Jakey, girl... Correct me if I'm wrong. Your top five Star Wars performances performers, you have Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, at the top. Is that correct?
1: I have him in the top five. I think I think number one I have Luke in, in the last Jedi. I just love that performance for, but mm-hmm. that's not what this podcast is about. No,
0: but no, but it's important to point out that part of the reason you love Last Jedi and part of the reason I love Rogue One and we both also really like the uh, those other movies each other is the individual lead performances for me it's jen and cassian but it's easy for me to get behind jen and cassian because he's clearly a good guy deep down and she brings the goodness out of him and as soon as he flips it's like okay i'm with Jin. we're leading the team boom you know it's a rebel good guy story and so jen and cassian is very easy to get behind i admit that kylo ray is very uh more controversial to get behind we'll get to that so let me let's start historically which is always how i i like to do it i know this Scavenger's Horde uh, um, ladies, who I think are faves of yours, who, who I've listened to on and off, but really, really like um, two English ladies. One lives in America, I think, and one lives in England, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyways... They are admittedly Force Awakens Star Wars fans, and they got really into it with Force Awakens, and that's part of why it's great. But they also immediately got into Reylo. Now, I'm not saying they coined the term, I don't know where it came from, but historically, where did you come into this notion of this is more than just two movie, two lead movie characters together?
1: For me, I got on board with Reylo shortly before, uh, after The Last Jedi, somewhere between The Force Awakens Mm. and The Last Jedi, Mm -hmm. I didn't see it until I was talking to somebody. That's the thing about it is if somebody takes a point of view or whatever, I try to hear them out. I'm like, okay, how do you see this? Why do you see this? And then I may or may not buy it. And I was talking to a friend and she was talking about these links and these connections. And this was before I was listening to Scavenger's Horde and and I, I see it and, and I bought it. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot. That actually makes a lot of sense. So I'm a little late to the party.
0: but no, You're, I, not. I'm, you're I'm, definitely not late.
1: But but I am earlier than most people yes. because yes. A, a lot of people are jumping on a railroad train. Well, uh, even if
0: not, I'm jumping com- on the railroad train, com- sort of. I don't think a lot of people are. Sorry.
1: Compared to a year, two years ago, mm-hmm. b- before The Last Jedi. That's my okay. point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. That, that that's what I mean by a lot of okay. people more than what that it has been.
0: That's true. Um, that's true. So good call. Good call. Good call. I, I I didn't get your your whole thing there. Yeah, that that's true. It makes total sense. Um, so. Is there a definitive line between the sort of straight-up romantic relos and the more like friendship, complicated friendship relos, or is it sort of a continuum um, in your experience? And first of all, Jedi Geek Girl, can I point out the following? You know I like to backpat on my own podcast, because if you can't backpat on your podcast... I have not heard a a man and woman podcast this conversation together online. Maybe I'm not listening to the right podcast, but I feel like I just want to point out that we're having this conversation is awesome. And I'm not saying we're the first, but I haven't heard another one. So congratulations. (laughs) Amanda's so humble. She's like, this guy's an asshole. Um, uh, Okay. GGG. Um so dude, the the continuum question though do you understand where it was coming from about Because you've talked more about the friendship, and we'll kind of see what happens, which is where I'm sort of at, but we'll get there, versus the straight-up romantic novel thing, which I don't want, and I don't even think the majority of Raylos want a straight-up romantic novel, right? That would be too easy and not complicated and deserving of the three-dimensional performances we've gotten, again, from these two actors, Daisy and... Adam Driver are amazing together and for me that drives everything and and to get it going the reason I'm moving towards Raylo, not Ben Demption by the way guys and I'm going to talk about that I mean I'm not totally against Ben Demption but definitively moving towards Raylo is because telling a bizarre twisted dark tragic but great romantic tale if JJ and company can pull that off in this movie I would fucking love because the two things, G-G- JGG, I said ahead of Rogue One I didn't want was the daddy-daughter love story and a romantic story. And you know what? Meds Mickelson and Cassian became my two favorite characters in parts of Rogue One, okay? And I went into it saying I didn't want either of those things. So I dramatically want to get hit over the head with this thing, but it has to ring true. And I think part of the, um, just to get the discussion going on, I not the controversy, but the split opinions, is the level to which they are connected and the ways they are connected, JJJ, uh, d- wouldn't you agree? It, the perceptions are different. Let's just say that it's not like an Avengers movie; everyone loves it, but they're on the same page. Like the view of both Ray and Kylo, and specifically their relationship, I think varies over a lot of fans. Is a strength of Star Wars, but can cause problems, right?
1: So I want to backtrack a little bit. Yes, and you're please. Sorry, I just babbled there. About yeah. my bad. The complexity of Raylo is it yes. as simple or com- mm-hmm. well Raylo is about the intimate connection between Ray and Kylo. like Raylo already exists in the sense of they've been intimate with each other they've been inside each other's head they have talked in moments when each other was alone they they their minds touch with the hot scene. Like, like Ryan Johnson said, that is the closest you are going to get to a sex scene. Not in a sexual sense, but in the intimate sense. These people According are connecting. And they are influencing each other the same way a intimate relationship would without it being a intimate relationship. It's a very spiritual notion and it's so close to the romantic sexual nature that I think the lines get blurred a little bit. Mm-hmm. But real is this whole huge thing, it's not like This romantic or friendship scale is more of a encompassing circle that no matter where you are on the circle, you can be anywhere. You can be like Relo is about the, the, the dynamic between hero and villain or the intimate thing. Relo is a circle. It's not a scale, if that makes any sense.
0: I'm wondering whether to unfurl my entire theory here with emperor Palpatine Jakku, and Ray because I'm starting on a whole new level of predictions here
1: Jake well, girl let, well let me let, just say one death thing death. one simple
0: thing sorry and let's talk they are going to make out or kiss in this movie. There's no way they don't. You can't do it. That's what I realized. I'm like, in a classic American movie, as twisted as it is, even a slight tiny kiss I think must happen from a narrative standpoint in this movie. Sorry, go
1: ahead. He's going to hate I, me. I totally oh man, I you. just lost
0: my main contributor. He's going to kill me.
1: <laughs> I I agree with you 100%. I think that has to kiss. happen. Yeah, it's so. going to
0: happen. It will.
1: Uh, yeah, according to what I see on the spoilers, and I'm trying to avoid them because now they mm-hmm. actually are more concrete, but according to the spoilers, I think w- it might be a lot more. The, the, the thing about Raylow is the, the, the dynamic of it in The Force Awakens is very mm-hmm. subtle, if that makes any sense. And The Last Jedi confirmed a lot of what Railos were predicting, and people were seeing it a little bit more. And Raylow, to me, is the big, I, I don't want to call it a secret, but it, it's the main focus. It's the, um, it, it's, it's the focus behind the focus of the sequel trilogy, and I think that's why you have so many people connecting with it, because they see it. And Halo as a concept, a intimate relationship, not necessarily sexual, yeah. but an intimate relationship between a hero and villain is so... I don't want to use the word taboo or controversial, but it's so such a deep subject. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's why it hasn't been a main focus. And a lot of why people haven't seen it is because it's a lot underneath the surface. But what I mean, that to me is a big secret of the sequel trilogy is it's real. That's the story.
0: When, when they're about to lightsaber fight in, Force awakens and he goes, it's just us now. I'm like, that's so creepy. Like as a guy, I'm conditioned to think that that's a creepy way to talk to a woman in any circumstance. And this is the problem, JTG. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that I've, strong feminist women who I love and respect in parts of my life, whether they're major Star Wars fans or casual are into this, Ray Lau. And, but men who I know specifically are good guys and, and are specifically offended by his behavior, and so you've got progressives on both sides, male and female, like flipped. It, it's very bizarre.
1: I mean, I mean, it's creepy. I mean, look at his grandfather. Look at who his grandfather was. It's kind of well, in you his know. Blood. I
0: think Hayden's creepy as <laughs> shit with Natalie Portman throughout the prequels. I love you, yeah. Hayden, but you are you were written to be a creepazoid.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just making a joke at Anakin's expense. I mean, so yeah. that doesn't. It's kind right. of the in mirroring blood, is perfect.
0: So. I never thought about that. It's perfect mirroring.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no coincidence that Kylo oh, is no. so much like Anakin.
0: They should have just and- called him Emo Ren. And it would have explained everything to the whole country. Um, <laughs> so, here's the thing. I'm an actor's guy. You know this, and I love good movies, and movies like Rogue One, Last Jedi, Solo, and Force Awakens I will watch over and over and over again. Um And so I just want a good story. That's where I'm coming from, Jaggy girl. Like, do I still think Ray should kill Kylo in the end? I, poetically, I do, but it doesn't, pr- in a three hour movie, and by the way, the fact that the Avengers is gonna make three billion dollars and everyone says it's the best movie of all time, no spoilers please, just proves my whole point. People will sit through a three hour movie, no problem, if it's amazing. Lord of the Rings, some of the Harry Potter movies, Braveheart, Gladiator, pretty much any, any Ridley Scott movie, Blade Runner, people will sit through a three hour movie happily to see an amazing epic finale. Star Wars is going to do so well, as well as the Avengers... Not as well as the Avengers, but I'm saying as well as the Avengers is doing. Star Wars is still going to do great, but I, I agree with you. They ha- and you know what? In the trailer, we should see them like move towards each other's faces like very slightly, right? And then pull away. Oh, that would be great. Oh, man. People would go nuts on both sides, or all sides. I, should talk
1: I think one of the things that helped Episode Nine is the trailer, Mm -hmm. you don't see Kylo mask, you don't see a villain villainous Kylo and I think that leads a lot I think J.J. is going to be a lot, he has to be more forefront of hey this is what the sequel trilogy is about he can't Mm -hmm. not be subtle about it because it's the climax and that doesn't mean that there won't be other Mm -hmm. loose ends tied up, I mean you have the Emperor somehow tied in it, you have the Resistance, you have Leia, there's more dynamics Mm -hmm. to the story but this is the focus of the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. and after watching the trailer I see it I mean JJ's a master advertiser so who knows but I see it and I'm excited and, and I'm a lot more confident for what's mm-hmm. happening because it. I, I'm just I'm just, I just cannot wait to hear about the reaction from the fandom. So well,
0: let's go there because I have more philosophical questions, but this is the perfect time to jump into the movie itself. Um, which is, so I've listened to the scavenger sword stuff. I've listened to all the uh, sky talker stuff. I also listened to the force center. And by the way, the old ass people, aka even older than me, Jaggy girl, that work at Collider, uh-huh, online uh, in their podcast and have you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of views. They're, they're great, those guys. Ken, I met out in the convention floor. He was so nice, took a picture together. Blah blah blah. Whatever. They're old ass traditional ass motherfuckers like me, and they are so into just the notion of Bendemption, what it could mean, how it would be manifested. So the question is, do they team up early in the movie, middle of the movie, or late in the movie? And how do you see that in a general standpoint unfolding, even separate from Rayla, like just their characters in the plot? If you had to guess, or just like your wishes.
1: Um, do you want me to go into what I have heard online or what I've heard? So I want spoilers
0: and I'm cool with it. So people out there, we're almost 30 minutes into the podcast. Jump ahead a little bit. I'll try and put a time code, but I'm fine with the spoilers. And I know a lot of you out there want to hear it. And so I'm going to give JJJ the floor on this because I do want to hear it. JJJ, uh, but you have been warned people. Go ahead.
1: So disclaimer, what I hear is, hearsay and i heard it on a scavenger's hoard which they heard on reddit from a credible source which may or may not be true mm. but basically the movie begins with kylo obsessed with ray he's uh, the leaker said in love i think it's going to be more of an obsession i think it's going to be a little more subtle and he's going to a, a which thing to try to Rid himself of the feelings he cannot get get over it, and that that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense yep. because you don't walk away from that. Like if you and me were to connect with each other in our head, not sexually, but if you and me were mindscaping right yeah, now, yeah, no,
0: like mind melding, yeah, 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 exactly yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you, you
1: don't walk away with. From that, I, I think in comics that that's popular. You have two people melding together, and they they can they cannot move on mm-hmm. because you have that level and level of intimacy. But anyways, and then towards the end, the, the leaker describes Vay and Kylo teaming up to fight this person in a black robe. Mm-hmm. who does that sound like that sounds like some swarm um, of palpatine
0: oh we're getting there we are getting there JGJ. i can't wait to talk palpatine theories and his manipulation of ray they're telegraphing it in the comics with vader with the symbolic impregnation of his mom from palpatine even if it's not literal it's so pointing to this if you take aftermath books you take the battlefront 2 campaign and lots of other lore being sprinkled around palpatine being involved with the jack Happened. So it, the fact that he would, you know, find her and then drop her off in this backwater hole, like Luke was dropped off, but from the other side, so he could manipulate her later. Jay Git Girl, I told you I thought Ray, as much as she's totally three dimensional, even as a character that, in my opinion, does the right good thing all the time, you might not agree with that. I think she's mostly done the right good thing all the time. She's still three dimensional because of the writing and amazing performance by Daisy Redley. But for her to go dark, because of Pal- this is the only way to get Rey to go dark that would be believable is Palpatine because we saw it with Hayden Christensen he's the sweetest guy and then all of a sudden he's the evilest motherfucker you're like oh my god you know like he could totally do it with Rey he's been planning it the whole time she's way more powerful smart and able than Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker I mean it doesn't take the Anakin from the Clone Wars or the Anakin from the prequels if you just look at the prequels Rey is an even more powerful weapon for Palpatine it seems cliched a little bit but they can't repeat the Return of the Jedi thing where he Luke goes bad for 10 seconds and then drops his lightsaber it can't be that and what a better way for the people who are not into Raylo to get into Raylo than for Ray to go bad and Kylo to be the one realizing she's going bad and either killing the Emperor or just bringing her back I think is not only feasible but would be great storytelling maybe I'm uh, overestimating or underestimating people's uh, opinion about this.
1: What, well, what I can see, if the leaks are to be true, is I can see Kylo being the obsessed one. He has this feeling in his heart that he cannot read. He wished himself cured of what's driving him nuts. Where Ray rage going to be the one that shuts herself off. Where she doesn't think about it. That's I what she it. does. She she I she comp she boxes it up yep. and she doesn't focuses on it. And, and I think the climax of the movie is it's going to be Kylo stepping into a redemption act, mm-hmm. not necessarily heroic, mm-hmm. where it will open up. See, people talk about Raylo as if Ray's going to be the one to save Kylo. I know Kylo has to ha, Kylo has to save himself, and I think part of that is going to be a. But redemption does he save
0: Does he have huh? to save Ray? Is the question? Does he have to save Ray to save himself?
1: I I think he. I think he does. I think he
0: has to. He has to. After the events and the portrayals in The Last Jedi, Kylo has to save Rey. At the cost of his life, for good or bad, selfish or unselfish, Kylo has to save Rey. Rey must live, and Kylo unfortunately has to pay in some way, but again, I'm starting to get on your theory of eternal damnation as opposed to just killing him.
1: Exactly, and that's why you, I think, you're a terrible influence. You're completely changing my views on everything.
0: You're a terrible influence.
1: (laughs) I don't think it will be at the expense of his life. I think it will be something that he will be tortured with because because if he redeems himself Mm -hmm. and he dies, that's kind of like the same thing that Mm -hmm. happened with Vader. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to. We don't want to see it. People don't want to see it. Even the people who think Kylo should die, a one hundred percent villain, agree that it shouldn't end like Revenge of the Returner does not Revenge that's the Returner the Jedi, and you can still have a redemption story that doesn't exactly mean return. And I think what's a better way to mm-hmm. do it than a redeemed Kylo that mm-hmm. is tortured, conflicted. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I love those characters. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Buffy fan. And some oh, of those yeah. characters, oh, we're like, to hey, we didn't Angel, yeah. you yeah. know, those characters Praise are me. tortured,
0: mm. you know? Mm-hmm.
1: So, it, it makes it a lot more interesting. It makes it a lot more deep because I'm, I'm sorry, if you commit a lot of crimes and you die... You get off easy. Yeah. It's living with what yeah. you did.
0: I don't disagree. That's the punishment. That. I don't disagree with that. It's more dramatic for me. Like that's the thing. Even though I've started ex- not only accepting but expecting and almost hoping they kiss, I, my desire that she kill him and feel horrible about it is narratively, I think, where it has to go. And she'll be crying and she'll hate it. She will hate having to do it. I I honestly, this is the thing I'm sticking with, J. Even though I'm coming to your side and everything else, I think Kylo is going to tell her to kill him. How much more tragic and beautiful the end would be. That's the thing. I, I don't want Kylo to suffer for eternity. I just want him to go because he's a bad guy and he's going to realize it and beg Ray to kill him. He's so miserable because of his obsession with her, which I agree. As a guy, I've never felt like Ray has like wanted quote unquote capital W wanted Kylo. I've never felt that, you know, and I'm a guy who's been rejected plenty of times and like, I, I can't, you know, but you see the re- numerous movies, understand the female body language and everything. She wants to recruit him and he wants to recruit her, but he's in love with her and she's not in love with him it's it's the much less extreme, again, more relatable version of Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. Uh he's much less bad than Kilgrave in some way, although potentially he's killed more people than Kilgraves. So I don't know how to measure that. <laughs> but nevertheless, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now.
1: If if he has to die, and I wanna be one hundred percent clear, I don't subscribe to that. If he has to die, I can see that that's the moment where the kiss comes in. You can see him kissing Ray and goes off That's to how do sacrifice it. himself.
0: That's what I'm saying. She kisses him and stabs him at the same time, and he wants no, it. That would be beautiful.
1: I, I don't see I, I see it. know. I, I okay, see a more on. tragic story of okay, they're fighting the Emperor, let's say, right? And they are overwhelmed. And the Emperor is like taunting or whatever. He bends down, he kisses Rey, and then he runs and sacrifices himself, like pushing him into another vent or whatever. Uh, I would see that more fitting if he had to die. Again, I don't buy that. Um, because what's a tragic moment than realizing, hey, this guy, he loves me too, and realizing that moment, and then that person runs off. You don't even get to say goodbye. If that makes any sense. I, I think um, what you're proposing is...
0: Can I make day- a correction to what I'm proposing? A slight correction? Let me make a slight correction or, or modification which is if Rey kills Kylo the only way she would do it because she's beyond good she's a saint Way be, even beyond Ahsoka and her morals, essentially, the only way she'd kill Kylo is if he begged her to do it, and she'd be crying and would still hate it the whole time, even while it's a mercy killing. But it, but uh, uh, other than that, I can't. Yeah, I I can't see her killing him other than that scenario. I just keep thinking of Jean Grey and Logan. The only important and good scene in X three uh, was the killing of Jean Grey. She begged Logan to kill and he's crying and says, I love you, and informs everything about Lo- Logan's character going forward. That's an amazing thing. J.J.'s not afraid to steal from the best. That's, I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but look, I, I do not envy J.J.'s task here because let's be honest, JGG. whatever happens between Ray and Kylo, <laughs> some people are not going to be happy, and we just have to deal with that.
1: Yes, there some people are definitely not going to be happy no. because that's the Star Wars fandom for you.
0: Mm-hmm. But can can I disagree with one thing you said about the trailer? Oh, yeah, sure,
1: go ahead. Well, it's not so
0: much a disagreement, maybe it's just a perspective of who, of, of who I talked to. But like, they they barely showed Kylo Ren other than murdering people in the trailer. I, you know, I don't think people who are uncomfortable with this idea a year or two ago are now suddenly comfortable with it. I, I am the exception. I'm here to tell you that I'm the huge exception. And, you know, because of my obsessive coverage of all female superheroes, Ray is like my fave with lots of my faves. I've been monitoring this the whole time. I mostly wanted to do a Ray podcast. So let's talk about Ray. Jay it, girl. What makes Ray so great?
1: What makes her so great to me is the fact that she is nobody. She's this character that, as yes, of right now, you. has no connection to thank a story we're Johnson. all used to. Huh?
0: Thank you, Ryan Johnson. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you, Ryan Johnson, for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so she's this character that was abandoned in the desert that mm-hmm. is brought into this story that is not only not her own, but it's so much larger than herself. Her character is being influences, influenced by in a way that Kylo rejected. She's been influenced by Han Solo. She's been influenced by Luke Skywalker, RGD2, Leia. She's this character that is a part of the story, yet separate. Mm. That's what I love about the sequel trilogy, and that's the way that I think they were going to go, is instead of focusing on these main characters, these legacy characters, it's about this one character as well as the Skywalker, Kylo Ren, being influenced by these legacy characters in a different way. Like, in The Force Awakens, you have Han Solo and Rey, and they are getting so close, and it's the first time that somebody's offered her a job, and you see... Han Solo and Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. their confrontation, you know, Han affected both Kylo and Rey. The same with Luke Skywalker. Rey goes to Luke Skywalker to be retrained. He basically rejects it and teaches him, sorry, teaches her kind of, like, kind of bitterly. Like, he still teaches her, but not the best way. And towards the end of the movie, you also have Kylo confronting Luke. Uh, and in episode 9, it was supposed to be that way with Leia. So what makes Rey so great is she's this character that could be any one of us that is brushing with these legacy characters instead of being this legacy character that we cannot relate to because we're not connected by blood. You know, she could be any one of us. Any one of us could be abandoned and any one of us could brush with greatness. You know, if that makes any sense.
0: you guys got me thinking about Carrie Fisher, and now I'm all sad.
1: It's really sad, because you don't want to make it all about us or the story. No, no. But the story, you know, we lost Kay. the person. She
0: is the story. Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, is amazing from the first minute she's on screen in the original movie through the last scene we ever see her in. She's consistently great. It took Harrison Ford and Luke Skywalker one movie, two movies, and I would argue not till Return of the Jedi do either Harrison Ford nor Mark Hamill feel totally comfortable. Princess Leia as portrayed by Carrie Fisher, in my opinion, is comfortable and awesome as Princess Leia from moment one. And because of her and because of Carrie Fisher, I, everything Leia I devour, books, teen books comic i mean the star wars you know mainline comic book series i just read it for leia i will take anything leia and ryan johnson Jedi girl will be the first to tell us if he knew that she was gonna pass on suddenly he would have put her in a lot more of the movie because she dominates and is amazing and in last jedi which is awake but she's asleep half the movie, and and now we don't have her. It makes me really sad. But I also like JJ's response at the panel. To bring that in briefly um, about it. And I believe him. By the way, the whole uh, 3D you know thing was never on the table. I I I personally believe him. And just to talk about episode nine as a whole, and then we'll get back to some more specific Greedo stuff. I think everyone, whatever the movies they liked so far came out of that panel and that trailer really excited. And I think JJ gets it. But not only that, I think Kathleen's on his ass a little bit more but like he wants it. Um, and he's consulting with a lot of people, and all the actors are super relaxed and excited. I- honestly, I could not have expected a better thing. And so, whatever happens with Kylo and Ray, I'm going to be happy with it because the actors seem happy. I mean, with Adam, I never know, right? But like, the product seems to be hitting the way they want it to.
1: I think that they have to follow through with what they created with the episode seven and eight i think that to change direction would be more harmful to the story but i don't think that doesn't mean i don't think that doesn't mean that you do not add elements to it to make it more appealing to other people's interests uh so i am really looking forward to seeing the conclusion and i do think it will be satisfactory to most people obviously you're still going to have people who are not going to be satisfied, but I definitely think that the Railroad thread that was started in episode seven, elevated in episode eight, will be concluded in episode nine. I don't think it will be dropped.
0: Here would be my formula. Take the best elements of Rogue One, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi and then make it an even more sprawling epic 3 hour movie with mostly adventure type stuff like we saw with the skiff and everything else. By the way, okay Jake, here's the lore section. I have to honestly, I did want to talk Reylo and I still do, but part of it was I wanted to get you on about lore, which is I think they're on Jakku in that final shot. I really do. That would make the most sense with almost everything that we've seen. And it's a ruined landscape. I know there's like little weeds and stuff, but like you can't really see it. It's definitely flat and wide open. Uh, and people say, oh, that's the Death Star. To me, that's the mini Death Star that was drilling into the heart of Jakku to put the Sith relics to blow up the planet. I'm such a nerd. Oh, my God.
1: No, I I think it's two different locations. I think the Sorry. desert is, in fact, Jakku, and I think that the planet that the Death Star is on is not Jakku. It could be the planet of Endor because the movie, the what we see in Return of the Jedi is actually the moon of Endor. I think some people forget that it could be Endor. It could be whatever the planet they planet they want it. It's a good
0: theory. No, no, it's a good theory. I, I so, can't argue against it. Yeah,
1: I, I think going back to Jakku makes sense. I mean, we said we see it. In the original trilogy, Luke Skywalker goes back to Tatooine. We see it in the prequel trilogy. A- Anakin goes back to Tatooine. I think for Dre's story, she has to go back to Jakku, and I think that's where we're going to see her, Are you agree with her me? heritage.
0: You agree that she's g- we're going to Jakku?
1: Well, yeah, I think it's kind of obvious. I think yes. you have to for I a didn't know story. that
0: it's obvious. Okay, cool. I, I didn't realize it was obvious. I, 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 I think, thought that was I think, crazy. I, thought
1: it was I think if you look at it from a story <sighs> perspective, okay. she has to go back yes. to Jakku because I think that's where she's going to confront her parentage. Whatever it ends up being, she has to go back. She still has to confront uh, that that and so.
0: So in that Dune, which Lucas totally stole from, even even if he doesn't talk about the desert messiah from outside coming in, rallying the, the people, at the rebellion against the giant empire. I mean, it's all from it's all, the prophecy, the forest powers. It's all in Dune. But in Dune, there's a, there's a secretive uh, order of, of women, all women who are like above governments and militaries. They barely know exist, basically, who are manipulating the genetic line of... Of men and women, but mostly men over like thousands of years to try and produce a Messiah. They call this Kwisah Chaturak, um, which is, and I think that's what Palpatine was trying to do with the Skywalkers. And I think that's what Palpatine is trying to do with Ray. Um, and knowing Filoni, he normally references Lord of the Rings and, uh, You know Miyazaki, but he's very influenced by Harry Potter, The Matrix, and a lot of... I mean, The World Between Worlds is straight from The Matrix. I don't care what he says or doesn't say. He's influenced by a lot of things, and so that would be one of them, too. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I think J.J. is going to show a level of imagination in this movie that we have not seen since the Star Trek reboot in 2009, which is one of the greatest movies of all time, period. It's definitely one of the best science fiction movies of all time. I feel it with this cast. He's working every one in he's comfortable his interviews with kelly were so adorable i never see jj talk like that um, i don't know i have a great feeling about this um, but back to rain kylo what what's the equation if you're jj abrams with this you just try and block out everyone else and come up with a good story i guess right
1: i think you add elements to the story that i don't want to say the last jedi was Lacking, But the thing about The Last Jedi is it was such an intimate story. It was about the dynamic of Rey and Kylo. And I think for some people, you need a, a more obvious story. You need a story that you don't have to think about the subtle, intimate nature between two people. And I think you're going to get a lot of that in Rise of Skywalker. You're going to get a large action scene. You're going to get adventure. You're going to get epic battles. But you're also going to have that intimate personal nature between Ray and Kylo, but it will not be the focus of the story. I think that's what makes J.J. Abram, if he can pull it off so great, is he's going to appeal everybody. I think if you had more action mm. scenes and if it wasn't so subtle in return of the, uh yep. sorry, in The Last Jedi, I think mm-hmm. a lot some people would have been a lot more satisfied. But because you did not have that, those people that were not satisfied with The Last Jedi felt like it was lacking something. It's kinda of like with me and solo. Yep. Like the solo now, had a lot of good scenes. <laughs> solo had a lot of amazing things with it. It had a lot of adventure. It had some great humor but it lacked that personal investment, that intimate connection. That that's what I was I agree not getting with you. I film. agree. I, I actually agree with you on that point. And that's why I didn't really care for it. With, with the Last Jedi, I, Last I still Jedi like gave me that, but it didn't mm-hmm. give like a lot of adventure, a lot of, you know, action per se. The
0: problem it, here's the thing, JGG. My only problem with the Last Jedi is the two actors I wanted a lot from, I didn't get enough, and that was Poe and Leia. And like, it's not a coincidence that Oscar Isaac. First talked extensively about working with Carrie Fisher, who's dead and is barely in this movie, before he talked about anybody else that he worked with. He's constantly talking about just being around Carrie Fisher, absorbing her brilliance. You cannot replace that. And, you know, and, and, and so it's not fair to blame Ryan because, he, you know, he's thinking he's building blah, 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 this relationship. And now there's no relationship because Poe, I, I guess, is like, has his head straight now or something. <laughs> it seems like um, I don't know. I don't know. Can you at least understand some people's frustration, such as myself, with the way Poe's been handled so far? But maybe it was an impossible role in the first place because Wedge wasn't interesting either. I still love him.
1: I can understand it but I also look at it from a different perspective just because of who I am. I mean, I can get it. Yeah, I'm ignoring
0: Hull though, which is unfair. It's unfair.
1: I, I like I said, just because I can see it and I can understand where they come from it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that's going to change what I take from the story and the handling of the character and stuff like that. And my only hope is that Hull's story they acknowledge that and build it in rise because Paul's story in The Last Jedi, what he had to go through, now that it's it's done with, you don't have to worry about that, and I think you're going to see the next level of Paul in Rise, because he's done that. He had his confrontation, he's learned his lesson, and he can be a better person. He can be the Paul that we all love and adore.
0: They should have made the movie three hours. He should have been on the adventure with Finn and Rose. It would have been way better. More time with Carrie. More time with Finn and Rose. It it was just a wasted opportunity. And the only reason I'm obsessed with complaining about this is because I love the rest of Last Jedi. Like, this is literally the thing that annoys me to the point that it's as low as it is. But it could climb, again, as you you are saying, and I agree with you with the final movie. But, you know, (laughs) there was so much... I mean, when they fly in in the X-Wings on the water and Force Awakens, you have to admit, it's just spectacular. You know, they take out Greg Grunberg, Black Squadron. They take out Jess Pava, played by the amazing Jessica Henwick, who's like a huge up-and-coming actress, part of Poe's squadron. They better... Okay, here's what the nerd just straight nerd stuff. And you can bring in Resistance if you want, comic books. They better bring back Black Squadron in this final movie, or I will be really mad. It's only two sticking points for me. One has to do with lightsabers. The other is Black Squadron. They must bring Black Black Squadron.
1: We we already know that Snap is going to be in the movie. We already saw a picture with him. So you obviously will see them in some form or another in Rise. And the thing about it is what I love about Poe's arc is, and what? Solo was lacking and why I love the Han Solo trilogy is you have this hotshot pilot who's the best pilot in the galaxy. He's cool. He has swagger. He knows how to handle himself and he still knows what he's doing. That's fine and dandy. But if you don't add layers to a character, if they don't have no internal subconscious struggle, they're boring for me. Like Solo doesn't have the development that Paul went through. Like, you can argue that maybe it was handled wrong, but the character was still developed in a way that was a lot more... I don't want to use the word intimate, but was a lot more pulled back. It wasn't about Paul trying to hunt down this pilot, trying to take down somebody who's better than him. It was more about being on the ground and the leadership. and You know what I'm saying? Where where you don't get that with solo, where with solo you don't get that.
0: Uh, see, yeah, I would disagree. Challenge. I would disagree. I would take Alden Ehrenreich solo over Poe in Last Jedi any day, and maybe Poe in um First Awakens. But I just well, think JJ. That's,
1: that's well, the thing about people. We can't it, people have.
0: I know. We can't respond. Can just respond. And- I knew it would get weird. How long? 55 minutes. It only took 55 minutes for it to get weird. That's a, I think it's a new record for us. What were we talking about?
1: Uh, what I was saying is... Mm. That's the thing about people. The, what they, they have different things. <laughs> people that suck. I you know people no, suck. Yeah. People connect with different things... With different characters, if that makes any sense. What appeals to me in a character... In a storytelling, it's different than you. It's different than person C. No, of
0: course. Like I don't dislike Poe unless that is the thing. No, but I wanted just more say- time to air out that relationship with him and Carrie. It's you know that that's it. That's that's. I just wanted more of him and Carrie Fisher. They didn't structure I, it that way because, as you pointed out, episode nine was supposed to be her episode. I, it's no one's fault. I just wanted more of that relationship.
1: I agree with you one hundred percent. Well, what I'm trying to Princess say Lyle. is. It it, it appeals to me. What I re- I really liked the development and the handling of Poe. I'm not saying that you're not. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not okay, saying or never, whatever, have a whatever, point.
0: it doesn't really matter. Let's just let's keep moving here. There's a lot right in the last Jedi, and what I was going to say was, even though I think JJ handles Finn and Poe better, Ryan took Kylo and Ray to a level that I think JJ can now build upon, but maybe was not capable of at the time. I mean. As I've told you everything for me, other than throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder, which was just not funny for me. It wasn't offensive. I just thought it wasn't funny. After that, Luke, Kylo, Ray, the whole thing is is genius from beginning to end. Absolute genius. In my yeah. opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's one of the things that no matter what people's opinions on the Last Jedi, a lot of people agree. with the Dynamic <laughs> with Ky- Rey and Kylo, like a lot of people love that dynamic. Like love it. No matter what people think, I think that's a, the thing that yeah. most people agree about is how mm-hmm. Rey and Kylo was handled.
0: I, I think people would feel cheated with their, their movie ticket if they don't make out at some point, right? I mean they gotta make out in this movie. It has to happen. I'm sorry, listeners, if this if not make you happy, but I can't see I, any way. Oh, this one I wanna say Juco really quickly was other than Starbuck and Apollo and Battlestar Galactica, I love Leia and Han in the original trilogy, but the best like post like or like in the twenty first century, only classically amazing romance is Ahora and Spock in the star Trek reboot movies. I mean, Zoe Saldana and Zachary Quinto, who's gay by the way, in real life, but those two have amazing chemistry. You know, that was, that was JJ J. Abram. So if anyone can pull off a sci-fi romance, you know, that blows everyone away, I honestly think Ryan Johnson is holding the football for him saying, I'm setting you up at the 25 yard line and JJ Abrams is going to kick it through the goalposts. That's, that's honestly how I've been feeling the whole time. And you know, I don't know. Have you been disappointed with him talking? Not a lot about last Jedi in general, I guess JJ doesn't really talk a lot in general.
1: I think the thing about J.J. is he's brilliant. He knows how to advertise a movie. He knows how to speak to audiences, and he knows how to get people into the theater. That was all Kathleen. It's
0: all Kathleen. Kathleen does all that stuff, not J.J., in my opinion.
1: Exactly, and I think that was the brilliance of the, The Force Awakens. Like, The Force Awakens has more CGI in it than you would think. Yes, it has practical effects. Yes, practical effects were important to the film, and yes... The Force Awakens was going back to Star Wars, quote-unquote, roots, but it had a lot of CGI and aspects in it that J.J. was not talking about because he knew how to... Advertised the movie it was about bringing the audience back to the theater and I think that's why he's doing the exact same thing with Rise of Skywalker (sighs) if that makes any sense
0: yeah I don't agree JJ's so much more of an auteur director than you think he's more hands on even as Steven Spielberg he's like Joss Whedon he's just more commercially successful he's so involved in the creative process maybe he's involved in the business things you are talking about but ultimately it's going to be a great movie because he's a phenomenal director in my opinion
1: Right, but he put to keep, you know, he put together that trailer that teaser that everybody's excited for. There's people who do not like the Last Jedi. There's people who do not. You
0: know, like The, the Last Jedi trailer was still better.
1: Who who is looking forward to Rise of the Sky Rise of Skywalker? That's my point. He he put together a trailer that everybody's excited for, and no matter what they think about the last two films. Mm-hmm. That, that's the point. That when I'm talking about his brilliance as an advertiser, that's what I'm talking about. He knows how to speak to audiences. And when he's talking about like The Last Jedi and J.J. Abrams, he's very cognizant of, how to word it. that That's what I'm talking about, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
0: no, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. I, I, you know, he's just, him and Joss Whedon are the two guys, you want epic sci-fi, nailed, Star Trek, Star Wars, Firefly, Avengers, whatever, give it to these guys, they'll nail it. I'm hoping I mean- Gun Favreau, like with Iron Man, will nail it with The Mandalorian, but, you know, I remain somewhat skeptical of this whole thing. Um, by the way, uh, can you make a side note about The Mandalorian? I, re- I actually wa- I didn't see the whole panel, I realized, so I watched The Mandalorian panel. I'll just say this, Jiggy Girl. I'm extremely happy that Kathleen Kennedy made sure Filoni was a co-executive producer on this show. I don't I think, think Favreau could have handled it. I don't think he gets the Star Wars fan base enough. And even if Filoni didn't make major like plot decisions, like the lore stuff and just making sure Star Wars fans would love the references and things, Filoni is the guy I think you want for that. Go ahead.
1: If I am, we, we need to do a whole episode on Mandalorian, like a whole episode. And
0: by the way, if- I'm sorry, sorry, I have to say, I have to say, Kathleen Kennedy on the mic with John Favreau there referred to Filoni as a quote rock star. Go ahead.
1: He is, and I. Mm-hmm. I want to quickly say that there's two creative minds, that I absolutely love, love, love to death. David Filoni and Joss Whedon. So I love when you talk about Joss Whedon. Anyway, yeah. but talking about the Mandalorian, you know how I feel about the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to love the Mandalorian, if it's going to have elements that I'm going to love, it's going to come from David Filoni. Um. But, but we have gotten way off track. Um, so
0: No, no, no. no, no. I, I pulled us off track because I have stuff to say about this I want to talk to you about, which is if we don't get Katie Sankoff and Tia Sarkar in some capacity, it doesn't even make sense in terms of the lore for them not to appear in this series. So it would be intentional that they wouldn't be in it. It's so stupid, especially because Favreau has worked with, I, well, definitely Katie Sankoff. I don't know if he's worked with Tia it would be beyond insane. And so I want to hear some more of these characters. Gina Torres, Ketsu, right? I mean, gorgeous, badass female characters. I know they have this MMA chick. Great. But we've got three at least already who are acclaimed, relatively young, fit actresses. You know, like that to me is the selling point. Until then, I'm still on the Clone Wars. But anyway, to bring yes. it back a
1: little. Bring it back. I'm bring back, it back. Yeah. Go. J.J. Abrams knew what he was doing with The Force Awakens. He knew what was going on with The Last Jedi. He knows about Reylo. He knows the story dynamic is there, and he knows that there is an audience that is expecting a follow-through no matter what form it takes in Episode Nine. and he talks about it being satisfying. And I think it will be satisfying. I think it will have elements Mm -hmm. of the story that Mm -hmm. people felt the sequel trilogy was lacking as well as elements that we have seen from these last two films and I do think it will tie all nine films together um, which is going to be absolutely brilliant and he might not talk about it he might not be upfront about it but I do think he will follow through with Velo and I do think it will be a satisfying conclusion that most people will enjoy obviously you're still going to have people who will reject it but you're going to have that no matter what you do with the story
0: can I see a question are you holding back spoilers of episode 9
1: am I dodging him
0: no, are you, are you holding them back because you don't want to spoil people?
1: No, no, I, I talked about everything okay, that okay. I know
0: about it. So, far. so what's your, I mean, <sighs> the thing is, I'm excited about Palpatine because everyone is excited. I, honest I wouldn't have, I didn't call this among my many prophetic, you know, visions. I never called Palpatine, never thought it. It seemed fanservice-y, but everyone's into it, whether you like the prequels, the original trilogy, you like Palpatine, I get it, but it has to be a creative new use of him. What, how would you manifest old Uncle Palpy as I like to call him, <laughs> Ian McDermott, in this movie, especially in light of Rey and Kylo, if you were in charge here?
1: Well, I, that, that's getting complicated. Uh, number one, <laughs> I if I would do it... On it. <laughs> I Number one, if I would do it I would have his presence be felt. I would have his influence be felt to destroy i don't I would not have him being a physical being, like, the actual real Palpatine. I think if he survived, that's kind of cheap. That undermines the sacrifice of Vader and the actions of Return of the Jedi. But Mm -hmm. the more I think about it, and the more I Mm -hmm. stir in it, Mm -hmm. after I heard about that spoiler, which may or may not be true, about Vay and Kylo fighting somebody in a dark, dark figure, it makes me wonder if we are going to get a physical being, a vampire, which... So
0: which, just be in this movie. I just want to put it on record once more. Go ahead.
1: Which combined with a previous <laughs> you know, right. You know right, makes me think that we are going to get a clone Palpatine.
0: That's what I think too.
1: And I think the clone Palpatine is going to be played by Max Smith.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Oh, because, I didn't even think about he, that. Oh.
1: He was connected to the film and he has denied it But if you are the clone of Emperor Palpatine, if you're in the film, you don't confirm that you're in the film at all. That's the big reveal. I think the big reveal is going to be the same that we got with Tarkin. We expect this figure to be in the film like we expected Tarkin. We didn't expect to see him, but we expected him. But we saw him. And I think we're going to get that with Episode 9 We're going to expect the Palpatine, but we're not going to expect the physical manifestation. And I think... Mm. That, that, that is Matt's role. You know what I'm saying? And I can uh, see it being voiced by Ian McDermott. kind of like a mall situation.
0: I don't know. I think the the fan art I sent you of Rey uh, strongly holding Kylo's saber and Kylo sort of like almost like a servant standing behind her, I could totally see happening in the movie. You,
1: you, you've read um, the Hair to the Empire trilogy, right?
0: In the 90s, yeah.
1: Yeah, you remember the last the, the last command, the conclusion of that? No. Okay, so the conclusion of the last command, mm-hmm. they go to, like, a throne room. It mirrors Return of the Jedi, Jade, and Luke Skywalker, uh, and you have the clone of Luke, and you have the, the wizard guy that I can't really... Do. Anyway, long story short, if you know what I'm talking about, and I suggest you go and catch up on it, like, through YouTube or something, I... Can picture a mirroring of the conclusion of the last command. Not, like not a beat by beat thing, but I can see Ray and Kylo, like Mara Jade and Luke, going to this throne room type setup where they are confronted by a dark force that redeems the other because that Mara Jade. It's a conflicted character. She's tortured by the Emperor, uh last dying wish to kill Luke Skywalker. And it's not until that confrontation in the room where she was finally freed with that. I think that will be the genesis of redemption is confronting whatever the Emperor has in store for them. Like, I don't know, but I think it's going to be pretty epic. And I think just like the Last Command, that is going to be the turning point. Can I ask if a couple of questions here? Sense.
0: Mara Jade might be involved with this, Uh, depending on your opinion. So we're probably having a three-hour movie, which is way longer than we've had. Um, We only added one major new actress, Anumi Acker, uh, who seems great. I have no idea. But based on Kelly Marie, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, and Daisy Ridley, I'm pretty confident about this whole thing. (laughs) I think she's going to be great. So Um, I... uh, Okay. Oh,
1: I was going to say, I have a question for you. Yeah. What if... They I was just you gonna say, there's a
0: lot. Hold on, oh, sorry. There's a lot of room for other characters, and that's why characters, not like this, even Ahsoka, like Ventress or someone like that, could show up. I, they have a lot of room to bring in more lore stuff. I, it, they're pushing it in all of their properties, from the Siege of Mandalore to the Mandalorian to the Game of Thrones thing, which is probably the Old Republic thing, even though they're not saying it. You know, expecting the whole time. So, I, I think JJ has bought into the new Star Wars vision as opposed to the JJ Bad Robot vision but we'll see if he can execute it, if that's true.
1: So, I have a question for yes. you. Yes, yes. What if we do get a clone Palpatine, but what if mm-hmm. somebody else cloned him? Where we get the same setup that we got in Last Command, where they fight a clone, but somebody else created that clone. That clone wasn't created by themselves, if that makes any sense. What if, what if, the First Order cloned Palpatine? And that is how... Palpatine is factored in the film, so you still have the Palpatine, but he isn't the, like, he's still bad, he's still the mm-hmm. big bad, but he's not the one behind the genesis mm-hmm. of himself. Mm-hmm. What if, what if, what do you think of that? <sighs> I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what do you think of it?
0: I can just give you my idea, which is if anything, I say, go more magic on this and have him be like a night sisters and the uh, visions and voices rebels episode from season three kind of thing. Like this just really powerful earth spirit connected to whatever planet he's on or whatever. Um, rather than like a physical force that's like really threatening them. Cause then we're back in return of the Jedi, uh, slash revenge of the Sith territory. Um, I don't know, Jedi Geek girl. I keep saying the the fact they revealed Palpatine this early and this publicly and definitively tells me there's bigger guests coming. And until people can give me a bigger guest than Ahsoka Tano. I'm willing to listen. Give it to me. Tell me who the better character is to introduce at this point because they need one, obviously, we, from the good side. We already side. talked
1: about this. You know I what know. I'm saying? And you and I disagree on it. I think you have hated. I, I think that's the way you go. I those think the Anakin. No,
0: but I agree that those are the two. I would just prefer Ahsoka uh, from a filmmaking perspective here, but I, I agree that those are two uh, other than Obi-Wan, I guess would be the third.
1: I I agree 100%. I I also know that, like I said, it is the conclusion of nine films and Ahsoka is a great character. She deserves to be live action. She deserves to be in the Skywalker saga, but it has to be Hayden. It just has to be, you know, it's a Skywalker story. I don't think J.J.'s not going to
0: do it. He's not going to do it. He's not. It's not going to happen with J.J. Maybe with Ryan it would have happened. It's not going to happen with J.J. It, it's it, not. it
1: has to. It has to connect all <laughs> it's my not.
0: Okay. Well, well, as we argue about things that will or will not happen, let's talk about Ben Demption. Yeah. Um, I don't personally believe that Darth Vader is redeemed. The whole point of Darth Vader is he's t- redeemed in the moment by his son, which is the important thing at uh, that point. He's not redeemed from his genocidalness. And you read the comics, so you know as well as anyone, the level of genocidalness that Darth Vader had um, and, and for me. But here, the, you know, the, the ultimate question, unfortunately, unfortunately, is a totally subjective word about what it means to be redeemed redeemed and so forth to so have religious context and moral context and ethical context and societal context a personal context blah blah, blah 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 right so i don't know i'll throw it to you i mean to me it seems like there are so many different versions of redemption that it, the fact that it's a term doesn't totally make sense to me but i could be missing something
1: to me redemption does not mean absolution from one sense. that's sins. the word doesn't you mean nailed it absolution. yeah it doesn't mean you forget the past. It doesn't mean that your sins are paid for. Redemption, if you are redeemed, is something that you are indebted to your whole life. There's no paying back what you did. And I think if, if when Kylo gets redeemed, I think it's something that he he's always going to be fighting. If you are a redeemed, character, you have that battle. That it's like an attic. You have to fight. You have to resist. You have to make up for it. And there's nothing. There's no amount of good that you can do to change what you did. And and that, to me, is redemption. It's not forgiveness. It's not it's not absolution. It's not forgetfulness. It's not saying it's okay. It's not saying you're a good guy now. No, it's, it's making up and doing, striving to be the best person that you can be, paying for your sins with being tortured. Tyler is going to be so tortured. And I think that like, granted this doesn't happen a lot in real life but there are people who I don't want to use the word redeemed but they're in prison and they have to live with what they did and they help people and they're okay you know what I did wrong I'm here I'm going to pay my sins I'm not going to try to get out of it but I'm going to help people where I can and I'm going to keep helping people because you know what I messed up and there's no Mm -hmm. amount of good but I have to because if I don't then why am I you know what I'm saying what did I learn and that to mm-hmm. me is the key to Kylo being redeemed
0: mm-hmm. again. Can Can I get personal here for a second? So. Go for it. Here's my problem. I don't. I, in this world with so many people doing so many horrible things at all levels, I, I feel like I don't have time for redemption. And so I know the argument is this is fiction. It's escapism, blah, 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 blah. I don't believe that. I think the reason people love Star Wars, wh- however they perceive it, is because it does relate to life, ultimately, um, in my opinion. Uh, and I just, uh, you know, like... <laughs> You know, like like Rogue One was specifically about getting a bunch of, like, so-so people to, like, do the right thing, you know, at the right moment, essentially. And so, while I feel bad for Kylo and I get the attraction, ultimately, he just seems like a threat and so if I'm Rey, I'm trying to kill Palpatine, and and here comes my other side, I I would try to kill Palpatine and Kylo, the first chance I get, she tried to numerous times, sort of, in the last Jedi, before they teamed up briefly, and then he completely, you know, she's surprised he wants to take over the universe, I'm sorry, I don't buy Ray's attraction to Kylo, that's ultimately my problem with this whole thing, if they can sell that to me in this movie, fine, I'm on board, but I don't think she's attracted to him in that way, and he is obsessed, the way i thought lucas should have written that's what how how i would have written hayden in the prequels was actually creepier and more openly obsessed with padme rather than sort of under the surface creepiness which just didn't work for anyone once he's like straight up creepy it actually starts working for me you know with with anakin's creepy character um so i don't know that that's that's that, that's how i would do it i guess but i just want a good story
1: so anyways getting back to redemption Uh, For me, I think the key to redemption is if we look at it from a real life perspective, redemption is something that doesn't happen. If somebody did something wrong, if somebody is a certain way, the chances of them changing is so small compared to what you think it would be like there's a murder if somebody's a murderer or something they they do other things wrong it's, it's a tumbleweed there are people that change but it's so it doesn't happen a lot it, it really happens and with, with redemption in a story aspect the key to redemption is hope you have to hope that things will change you have to hope things get better i do realize that in real life like there's, if there's a figure that you hope that they would see the end of the way. You know logically they won't, but you hope that they will. You hope that things will change. And the, the focus of Star Wars is hope. And we, we hope that this character is redeemed. And if you have hope that is not fulfilled, a new hope is about the hope of Luke Skywalker. It's about the hope of the Empire being taken down. And if you don't have that hope, you don't have... You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a leap of faith on something, then these characters wouldn't have done what they did. And I think watching the movie, we hope for Kylo's redemption. That's that's what we cling on. No,
0: no, we don't. Not all of us. That's That's the thing. The fact that he said in The Last Jedi that he actually didn't want to kill Han Solo and didn't get pleasure out of it or whatever actually makes him more psychotic if it it had been a personal vendetta against his dad is almost more human but to be like i just had to prove something so i killed han solo my father whatever but i mean he's a total psychopath and to me the only way for him to win over ray briefly and then have her kill him is to ask to be killed mercy killed
1: he is a conflicted soul he did not, he took time to do that. It took time for him to do that. It wasn't something that he did like that and he regretted it immediately. He is tortured by his act. It's not something that he did. That he was 100% committed to. He did it because he thought that would lead him down the dark side of Infoda, and instead it cracked him. It made him a lot more tortured. He's not, he's damned by the act, but he's not, he's not lost, if that makes any sense. Not like, Lost like like Anakin was. Anakin when he went down that path, he was th- disconnected from his actions. He did not. He felt like you see the tear uh, on his eyes in Revenge of the Sith. But he 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 what he became a not tortured so until he found out his son was alive, and he confronted his son. And Kylo Kylo is tortured. And like I said, if you don't have hope. In a small chance but Why should I care change? about him?
0: All the First Order people, all the people in the Empire, do I forgive them? They put down their weapons. They say, we're not going to fight anymore. Okay, because, you're all forgiven.
1: Because, no, that's, no. Again, redemption is not forgiveness. Hope for change is not forgiveness. Hope is for betterness. I Hope guess. is for a progression of learning. We have Kylo, who is the Skywalker legacy. We don't want to see it end in a dark place, at least I don't, at least some people don't they hope that the Skywalkers are not meaningless it's
0: going to end in a dark place, I'm sorry to break it to you it's not going to be a Rogue One situation but it, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to end in a dark
1: place I disagree, you do <laughs> okay. not end okay. the Skywalker saga like this, mm-hmm. this is not Game of Thrones, this is not The Walking Dead Star Wars is built on hope it's built on positive <laughs> that's how the Return of the Jedi ended You have hope for a better world. If you end it like you do Games of Thrones, that's not Star Wars.
0: No, 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 there's a difference. In Game of Thrones, the bad guys graphically murder the good guys. In Star Wars, the good guys graphically murder the bad guys. That's what we like about it. I mean, look, dude, look at Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. I mean, I know they killed a lot of robots. They killed a lot of people, too. Let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's not pretty.
1: <laughs> it, I don't think it's coincidence that a lot of what we've been hearing in Star Wars recently has been about hope. And it's not a coincidence that you hear a lot of people talking about redemption. And like I talked about last episode, there are characters in canon that have been redeemed, that have been focused. And like I said, that's the Skywalker saga. You don't end it like you do Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. You just don't.
0: Um so here's gonna be my most pointed criticism about rail is there's not enough open admission that physical attraction to Adam driver is factoring into this it's obvious it is everyone refers to it just be honest say he's hot I'm attracted to him it's informing my opinion right I think people should be honest about that
1: I I am with all
0: my women constantly like way too much like people should just be honest
1: I think that's the thing if there's one flaw is it's so subtle that a lot of people do not see it. But that doesn't mean it's not there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I mean we wish that everything was so obvious, but some things are really subtle.
0: Okay. So if a version of what I'm proposing happens where there is a kiss, but Ray ultimately kills Kylo 'Cause she has to for one reason or the other. How would the overall in your opinion or just you personally, RayLo community respond to that that plot uh twist?
1: It but it, it's all about how it's done. If 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 Kylo has to die, I'd rather see him doing it, you know, kiss and then run off. I I think you know, this is not no. It it it's no, no. I don't see it. Yeah, and I, I I can't buy it. So
0: I think the the problem just is the way he looks at her and treats her at times is a little <clears throat> rapey, to be frank. Um, and that's hard to get over. Uh, but like I said, many friends of mine who are women and strong feminists say what you say. And I can see it, um, but I I don't think we should ignore the horrifyingness of, you know, reaching into someone's brain and pulling things out over and over and over. I mean, what's the first thing he does in The Last Jedi? You will tell me the location of Luke Skywalker, right? Just reaches, boom, right into our brain. That's fucked up. It's creepy. I think we should admit it. Um, But, you know, again, I, I see both sides here.
1: It's it's no different than like Beauty and the Beast and other stories that are like the same nature, you know what I'm saying? If you think about it in real world and you apply logic to it is you know like I you have BCR, Beast, yeah. you know what i'm saying you have a hostage situation but that's not the point of the story It's fiction mm-hmm. it, where we're supposed to learn it that, 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 that's why we tell stories we take real life experiences we take things that we dream about and we put it in a story that we aspire to or we relate to or we try to learn from. It's not about applying, it's not about telling history, it's about, like I said, like like I said, telling ideas, lessons, learning, and stuff like that. And the the point of, the point of it is like, no matter what you do, you're never really gone, if that makes any sense. Like, it's unrealistic, like I said, people being Turned or people learning, it's few and far between, but we aspire, we have hope that it can be done like nobody's ever really gone. We have to have hope because if we don't have hope, that's a really depressing world. And if we are watching this story, we're watching this myth being told, and if we're in there, if we don't have hope in it, that I don't know, but that's what lacks about these stories that are happening right now. These stories like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, they lack this hope that, I don't know where the this sto- this way of telling story has changed, but it feels really disconnected. Like, why am I watching Game of Thrones if there's no hope for me? Don't watch it? it.
0: It's horrible. It's so bad. Ugh. But you understand
1: yeah. what I'm trying to say, right? It's so
0: bad. I hate Game of Thrones. <laughs> I watched the first two seasons, great. Third season, eh. And then I was like, I am off this train. So,
1: like, Walking Dead, or like, why am I watching the these sense. films, these stories, if I know that these characters are doomed and there's no hope for a better world?
0: See, I think all four films have had feels. You just don't feel like there are feels in Solo. I, 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 th- Think there's a lot of emotional beats in solo even though I don't love the movie as much as some people I, I do think they're emotional beats a lot I, they're I strong in that movie time
1: to develop. I don't think you, you had time to develop those emotions I think if solo was a TV show I would have felt something but you yeah. I, you crammed no, it's totally in subjective, two hours you know
0: yeah, it's it's totally subjective um, I just think you know everyone has to accept that JJ and his writers and his team are going to try and craft the best story possible and it's probably going to not be what most people want on all sides that that i think is what everyone has to realize is that the these strong elements on the raylo and anti raylo sides i think are both going to be wrong not cuz jj is trying to stick it to anyone just cuz he's going to do his own thing i'm not going to say it's going to be great I think he will try and do his own thing. I think the cast wanted him to do his own thing. It's clear they love him. I mean, look, everyone loved working with Ryan Johnson Last year. It was a transformative experience. But you can tell the actors are pumped to be doing a JJ Abrams Star Wars movie again. I'm sorry, it's uh, you know, it's so obvious, but that doesn't mean it's going to be great. So because sometimes actors think the movie's amazing and it's not. So you know, well, I guess that's uh, we will still have to see. But I, I guess here's the, the challenge for me, Jack Geek Girl. Uh, and we'll move towards the in here is with Rey and Kylo featured so heavily and so great in um, uh, Last Jedi even with the three hours or whatever they have I almost hope they don't overdo Rey and Kylo whether they kiss, don't kiss, kill, don't kill whatever I don't want to get like two hours of, of Kylo and Ray in a three hour movie I definitely don't think that's what we're getting based on what we've seen in the actors and everything but oh, no.
1: that oh, would no. that would
0: be a mistake. In this in the second movie it was like Leia and Han you know there are entire scenes of Leia and Han together and Empire Strikes Back before it switches and they see Luke for a bunch of scenes. That's what makes that movie so brilliant. I love the middle movie and I love that about Last Jedi but with more time now it seems like we're going to get more fan, more Poe, and some of these the other characters, um, which will help that story, I think, and make it more dramatic uh, whatever happens. I'm not sure what's going to happen.
1: I am really looking forward to it. I'm, I think the execution will be very satisfactory. It, it, it will feature Rey and Kylo. They will be an important part. It will be heavily, but it won't be the main field focus. I think it will, there will be a lot of good portion of that adventure of what we love Star Wars for. I think you will get a lot of it, I, like I said, Ray and Kylo will be an important part, but it's not going to be the Last Jedi. If you have the Force Awakens as one extreme and you have the Last Jedi on the other extreme, as an example, you're going to have Rise in the middle, and it's going to please those people who love Ben and Paul. You're going to have it's going to please people who love the Force. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's Return of the Jedi. There's the most balanced, it's balanced, balanced, like the. the Return of Jedi is almost a perfect
0: movie in my yeah, opinion, but exactly. not everyone agrees. But
1: with, with Empire Strikes Back, it's a very personal story. You it's had very a personal. But sloppy.
0: It. There's lots of problems with Empire Strikes Back. But,
1: but the point I'm trying to say yeah. is, is I see Rise balancing these yeah, two sure. aspects.
0: You yeah.
1: I don't think we have anything to worry about. Uh,
0: I've, I've never been worried. You know, I've never been worried. <laughs> I've, I've openly not been worried about J.J. J. Abrams, and I continue no, to not be worried.
1: <laughs> no, but I was. And what, what I'm trying to say, I was. Yeah, no,
0: I hear that. I hear and
1: that. what I'm saying now is those weights have been. Mm-hmm relieved a little bit and like i'm talking we you know we have not talked we have not recorded in almost a year so you don't well we you have you do know where i come from you right. don't know what i was feeling four months ago three months ago no, outside I know. of what i told you so no no well, this is nothing new for you it's been a journey for me so
0: okay so if you don't believe it's Ahsoka, a related character, but they need to fill more more cast spaces. We've heard Carrie Russell, we've heard Matt Smith, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. If they've already revealed Palpatine, there's a bigger character reveal and maybe multiple ones. And, uh, I mean, again, other than Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, that seems to be the three, right? Because everyone's excited about Clone Wars and it's those three. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's gonna pull out. Do, do you think it's possible? There's no like, a super secretive guess, and this is it. I mean, I'd be happy I, with this, but
1: I think you don't show your hand with yeah. Palpatine unless you have something bigger that you're not showing.
0: It's totally Ahsoka.
1: You know what I'm saying? Oh, I can't and wait. I, think, I, think, I can't I wait. That, I can't if it's Ahsoka, <laughs> I will lose it.
0: But it's I, still happen, think, I'm I still think I still think
1: I still think you have Hayden. I'm shy. I still think I, you have Hayden.
0: You both. That's what I'm saying. I'm both. saying okay, two yeah, plus yeah. special guest appearances. So, yeah. I, I so
1: I know this would hurt yourself. So. I know this would hurt yourself. Oh, no. But what, what if we got a Force Ghost lineup with Qui Gon, Luke, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka.
0: No, Ahsoka's alive. She can travel between worlds and times and spaces. Come on. And she's their, their species lives a long time. She's Gandalf. Ah, Ahsoka's going to live what? 800 years like Yoda, honestly. What if?
1: What if? What okay. if just just, entertain me here. Yeah, I'm what entertaining if. How, okay. how, how would you feel about that? What if?
0: I, I guess I feel fine, but it's like, oh, Ahsoka's bun to the Force Ghost line, which she should be training Rey, cause she's an older female Jedi, like Obi-Wan Kenobi was to Luke and Anakin. It's a perfect mirror. It's a character everyone loves already. They can definitely do it practically. They can have Ashley Eckstein do the voice. It could be Rosaria Dawson. It would be amazing. It's not hard to do for 10 minutes. Put, give her the white lightsabers. Everyone's pumped. Maybe she's the one who kills Sheev finally, man. She, Ray can't do it, and she comes in and just cuts off Palpatine's head. How Beautiful, would that be?
1: Oh man! So, so I want to go off track here. <laughs> Sorry, how how violent. how adorable was it when Ashley was given those? Ahsoka lightsabers on the Star Wars show.
0: Oh, shelf. my God. She, I, like, I just it, want to it, hug her forever. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it, it was so adorable because, you know, and then she knew the poses to struck. You know you you know that she struck those poses before. You know oh that God. she's probably, you know, like in a mirror with like some handles do, do, doing those poses. You know, I cannot. She's so adorable. I'm
0: sad. Her and D. Bradley Baker, felonian and Witwer were amazing on the Clone Wars panel. I can't believe they pulled that off. I mean, she was right Roasting Filoni the whole time. It's so funny, man. Um, oh, that was great. That was awesome.
1: There's so much we can talk about.
0: Uh, yeah. He loves her. His, Filoni's two favorites are Ashley and Tia. You can just tell. Those are his favorites. He loves writing for them. He loves the actresses. He gives both of them such a hard time. He gave Tia the final monologue for with Sabine at the end of Rebels, and she appears with Ahsoka. Uh, wait, can we talk about Sabine for a second? Oh man. Okay, let's do some random topics, and we'll wrap up because I don't see, nothing else can be said about Rayla at this point. People, she, people feel what they're gonna feel. Go ahead. This is what
1: happens when we don't record that often. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. not in
1: anyway, one year, but yeah. Oh, I, I would like to add that I think Sam is another one of his favorites.
0: Oh, Sam's definitely one of his favorites, but because he's an idiot and sometimes and he's a dude, <laughs> he gives Whitware a hard time, and Whitware knows he deserves it. But his impression of Felony is so funny. Oh my, his it's so. I'm not even gonna try and do it. It's perfect. Um, he kind of talks like Lucas. By the way, have you ever noticed that Filoni and Lucas do kind of talk similarly? Um,
1: yeah, he 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 definitely does. Mm-hmm.
0: That's-
1: yeah, but but I I think you know he he he'll, he has a better presence than Lucas. I think he's more sociable. He's he's a lot more. I I'm not going to use the word. Uh, he's a lot more charismatic than Lucas mm-hmm. is.
0: So of all the clips and the trailer, to me, the most impressive uh, that we saw from the Clone Wars was the, just Ahsoka riding the hover cycle and then running along the wall uh, that's sort of like Titanfall mixed with the Matrix, mixed with I don't know what, you know, like... It was awesome. <laughs> like the, the the an animation for the this Clone Wars is on another level. They must be given a few million at least per episode. I know that the old Clone Wars cost a million an episode, so this is like a serious investment by Captain Kennedy, but especially Bob Iger at Disney. I, I mean, the, no one thought this was going to happen, and all the actors said it. it was pretty amazing.
1: Well, to be fair, I'm pretty sure that the cost like I think you can do more with a million dollars than you could then because the technology isn't as it's more developed you know what I'm saying
0: that's true. It is more developed, but like
1: like 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 if you make a movie in the seventies on a million dollars, and you do a movie on a million dollars, you can do a lot more with a million dollars because technology has progressed and stuff like that. But I am pretty sure it was more than a million dollars because I think they're going all out on this. It is like you know what? Oh yeah, rebels, definitely rebels, more than a million. Yeah, rebels was on their budget, but yep. you know what? The Clone wars need more than this, and this is this this is it. So yeah. right now, this is it. We we need to go all out on this. And yeah.
0: no, I'm sorry. I'm Sorry about that. Easy mic.
1: Oh um, I, I, I thought that, that was you just hitting yourself in the back.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just adjusting the mic here. Um uh yeah, no totally. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I haven't seen the Avengers. I'm sure it'll knock me over. I'll be crying. It'll be sad. It'll be happy. It'll be fun. I'll podcast about it. It'll be a great couple of weeks. And then I'll be right back here talking Star Wars again, because let's be honest. Um So, uh but yeah, oh oh, oh what I was going to say about the Clone Wars was I think three three to four million episode is very reasonable. If they're giving the the Mandalorian ten to twelve with three characters, I can't believe they've only introduced three characters. I'm, girl, I'm not on board with the Mandalorian. I love everyone involved, but I haven't seen enough people involved in that project yet. I know the Clone Wars is going to be amazing. And we've got Cassian and K-2. That's all you need. You can literally throw anybody else with Cassine and K-2. So I'm guaranteed that show's going to be great. Mandalorian? I I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, I'm so... Waiting to be sold on it. And the, do you have David Felone attached? You have the director of Jessica Jones. Thank I God. love Jessica yep. Jones. I love season one of Jessica Jones. Like that exactly. is the only Netflix show that I went back and I we watched. I didn't It's I didn't amazing. It's my favorite season it. of television
0: but ever, probably. Yeah. yeah,
1: Jessica Jones,
0: season one. Oh, so. So, good. so good. Um Yeah. The thing is, when those. I like more than that. I I like all the Daredevil seasons. I like some of the other ones. I don't like. uh, When when that, like, more rated R type Defenders Netflix stuff is hitting well, it's just a nice refreshment uh, from all the PG 13 stuff. Now, you know, between Last Jedi and Rogue One, Disney's really been pushing the PG 13 rating to the edge at times. Um,. I mean, slicing Snoke in half, I, you don't see that a whole lot. I guess the Lord of the Rings actually got away with that with orcs. They decapitated so many orcs in Lord of the Rings. They got a PG 13 rating. It's amazing. But, Jaggy Girl, for better or worse, let's end here. Everything's moving to television, and so you better like some combination of the Mandalore, the casting prequel, and the Clone Wars, because that's where our Star Wars is going to be for at least the next two years, even if they really fast-track the Double Ds from Game of Thrones. That's 2021 uh, Christmas at the earliest.
1: Yeah, well
0: I only love two or three, so <laughs> Oh, and I keep leaving out resistance. I gotta watch that show. God, yeah. I wish they had Disney Plus now. I would happily give them six ninety nine, literally the second to to start watching that stuff. I can't deal with commercials. It's just uh
1: yeah, well, it, it, it's out there. Uh, it, it's on, like, so Do you think plans, Black Squadron
0: uh, is coming back other than Greg Rumberg? Do you think? Because Jessica Henwick's in the Disney family. She's Colleen Wing. She's basically the other half of Iron Fist. She's the cooler Iron Fist. Spoiler alert, guys. She is the Iron Fist. She's got Jessica Henwick has the Iron Fist This Colleen Wing in her silver katana. It's so glorious. I can't, I, just Pava, you got to bring her back. What are they doing? Come on. They killed Tally. You killed Paige Tico. Stop. Stop it! Stop it!
1: Kathleen Sorry. Kennedy Sorry. said that we may see these characters again just because, they
0: killed the t- just because the tally,
1: just because the Skywalker saga has ended, doesn't mean that we will not see these characters again. Mm-hmm. And I was, I would love to see a Poe and Black Squadron film set after the sequel trilogy because just because whatever happens happens in 9, that doesn't mean that's the end of the First Order. That doesn't necessarily mean the end of conflict and war. You need cleanup and stuff like that. So I would love to no, see no, a Paul no, no. Dameron and the Black Squadron film.
0: Okay, I, I well, would too. But let me go. tell you something. The entire galaxy is going to be in total shambles by the end of episode nine. They have to break it. That's the Dune formula. It, everything gets more Imperial, more Imperial, more Imperial. And then the control just explodes and the galaxy goes into chaos and rebuilds itself. They have well, to do this because future movies... Do- Ryan Johnson, I think, is going to go far future because they got the Game of Thrones guys going far past. I think Ryan's going to go far future, which is exactly what he should do from a science fiction perspective. So why not break the galaxy and take a few thousand years for everything to build itself up while the Ray line of, you know new Jedi start doing their sort of more complicated and effective version of Jedi training? That's how what I would do.
1: Well, like I said, I see him going the other direction. I see him going wide out into a different galaxy, expanding Star Wars beyond what we know of the Star Wars galaxy to be. Um, But anyways, and not only that, but you have no central government. Like right now, you have the First Order taking over, but obviously they have to be dealt with. But the Republic, the central leadership, Was killed in the Force Awakens. So you have a galaxy in chaos. I think they knew what they were doing. They threw the galaxy in disarray. That makes it very interesting because right now in canon, and I think maybe in legends, you never, you always had a a Thorian, you always had a large government in place to maintain control, whether it was the Sith Empire, the Republic, the New Empire. Uh, You know, all these different things, and you don't have that. For the first time in Star Wars, you have no central leadership. Obviously, right now you have the, the First Order, but the First Order has to be taken care of. What happens when they're taken care of? You have nobody that can replace them. I'm sorry, but the resistance is not numbered enough to become a central government. So I think that makes the story very rich. I think that makes the world very rich because you have like a Wild Wild West type thing if
0: that makes any sense Mm, um, I agree about going to the other galaxies that's what happens in Dune they have a horrible imperial government and then everyone goes into chaos but part of that chaos is running away into other uh Galaxies, um, and then they come back and haunt their home galaxy much more powerfully later. That's just Dune. It's five thousand years in the future. God knows what'll happen in the Star Wars galaxy. But I, I actually agreed that we're going to go to other galaxies. I think it's going to be part of the chaos um, because <laughs> the whole point of Star Wars is you can't rule over a galaxy. Like that is the whole idea. Like let Mandalore and you know. The fucking Twi'lek home planet, just be independent, you know? Like, that is actually the ideal. And so why don't they just do it? And just Ray be like, Psh, just be be independent, y'all. Do your thing. Uh, well, <laughs> we can be. dream. We can dream. We can dream. Okay, two quick questions about Ray, unless you got one. So do you believe she does not necessarily need a formal trainer of some... I'm not saying it's Oka. Do do you honestly believe Rey can, for the third straight movie, train herself without any formal training?
1: I think we'll see what we saw with the original trilogy. Luke went to Dagobah. He was taught by Yoda. And then we see him in Return of the Jedi... And we see no training. We see him going to his master and his master says, you've learned what you all learned. We know that Ray has the books and stuff like that, so it's not like she's not learning. Uh, I think if you introduce a mentor in the final film, you know, it, it, it's not like she doesn't need a teacher, but to introduce a teacher this late into the trilogy, you know what I'm saying? That, that's usually not well, it.
0: Except you made the Yoda comparison from Return of the Jedi, in which he does go back to formal training briefly.
1: Well, he goes back to Yoda. He's like, I'm here to complete my training. And Yoda's like... "You."
0: That's true. It's kind of a pointless trip.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. So,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the, the, the character development that you see between... Empire and Return Mm -hmm. of the Jedi but with Luke it all happens off screen Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably they're going to mirror the same thing you know what I'm saying because that is the final film
0: I just think it would be interesting to not have an old white guy be training her for once um and I've got a great candidate for it but I think people don't dare to believe that Ahsoka can happen in their deepest, darkest uh, but most amazing dreams and thoughts is like can Ahsoka happen? Can Ahsoka happen? Can Ahsoka happen? And people just don't want to even think about it, which I think is very healthy because when I'm wrong, I'll be wrong I don't personally care, I just think Ahsoka would improve the story in a lot of different ways, in my opinion Uh, you know, it'll be a little bit of an ego hit because I've been preaching it so hard um, but I, I'm just it, for me it's more like waiting for the alternative because they're going to have more time to fill and they have to be more than Palpatine they're signaling us by telling us Palpatine there's going to be more than Palpatine uh, so you know I, I'm I'm open to the uh, the candidates hey maybe we get Hera and <laughs> that would be great <laughs> that would actually I, would be think, really great I never thought of that
1: <laughs> I think i I. No, he'd be long dead.
0: He would be yeah. way long dead.
1: Yeah, I mean, who should say? Or Hondo? <laughs> Hondo. Hondo was already confirmed to be alive in that period, so.
0: Uh, that would be. So, what do you do? Make him fat and give Jim Cummings. No, the role? No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. Because Hondo, he's alive. He's he's going to be at Galaxy's Edge. He has a Millennium Falcon between eight and nine. <laughs> so he he could totally happen in the <laughs> film. And he would fit in the timeline and the story that they already constructed. So you you would kind of like bring up Hondo, like uh, actually really realistic.
0: Here's the problem. Even though I love Jim Cummings and he's got like a literally a thousand eight hundred to a thousand credits on IMDb, Hondo is so iconic. He looks nothing like Hondo. He's not screen ready. As opposed to Tia Cerca, Katie Sackhoff as Mandalorians, like these beautiful, amazing younger women. I love Jim Cummings. So whether they get someone else to play him and he does the voice, like I don't see how that happens. Like just in comparison, like if you put Bo-Katan and or Sabine and you already have the actresses, you. Can't cast anybody else. It'd be so stupid. Um but yeah.
1: Galaxy's Edge already has a animatronic version oh, of Hondo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. very realistic. It's very uncanny valley ish. So it's mm-hmm. not like it couldn't happen. You could have it without the actor actually taking the body form.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Well, I have a fun uh, hypothetical question to end on. Thank you so much for being on, which is um, let's say you're sitting there on the Friday. Main panel, uh, Star Wars Celebration 2020. And what are you looking at at that point? D- what are you expecting to say?
1: I expect a five-year anniversary panel of The Force Awakens. I expect a future storyteller panel where they will probably lay out their plan. I expect a Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary panel and I guess I would expect a Resistance season three panel, uh, and I would expect uh, I don't think Kazian would be if mean, could be a main panel because they said 2021, um, Alan would be. I don't it's know if they would have. to be earlier than
0: that. I'm telling I, you, I they're don't gonna think make they're, so much money on it. They're gonna put it to late 2020. Is my opinion.
1: I, I don't think they will have enough to show for it to be a main feature, but I can definitely see it being a main feature. But compared to the other ones, yeah, those are my four main ones. Would be Empire I mean, Jedi
0: Fallen Order showed us almost nothing from the video game, and that's coming out in six months.
1: <laughs> it, it, it had it showed more than what it. But anyway, so those are my four four that I would pick. Hmm. It would would be Resistance Season 3 because these animated series, they they start off slow, and they have a slower following, but as they get older, the following gets a lot larger. Like, the Clone Wars, when it was first, like, season two, season one, or whatever it had, it like, it was in a small room, and I think it will be featured on a larger stage this time. Who's to say? But I expect, like, a Empire Strikes Back 40th. I expect a, a five-year anniversary of uh, um, The Force Awakens, and I expect a future storytelling panel. And I think that's where they dive into, okay, what is going to happen for the next five years to Star Wars? Because for me, Star Wars Celebration, 2020 is where Phase 2 to steal a phase from
0: Oh god, don't even go there.
1: Begins.
0: I don't know why I'm so disgusted at Marvel. Everyone says Avengers is the best movie ever. I just can't get into it. Um, I'm seeing it tomorrow though so we will see. Um, uh, Yeah, I... (sighs) I don't think the five-year five-year anniversary panel is going to happen. I think all the people in Fort Wiggins are going to want to take a year off next year from Celebration, to be honest with you. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, it would be my prediction. Everything else makes sense. I, look... <clears throat> They're gonna make so much money between the Mandalorian and, and the Clone Wars. They might as well push up Cassian. They make those shows like Narcos Mexico that he's in in just a few months. You can definitely make Cassian K two in a few months. They got the the, the Emmy award winning people from the Americans. You know the t- two amazing actors. Like they could they could get that for sure. I disagree. I think they could go a Caesar. I mean, it would be like the uh, the Rise of Skywalker teaser where it's one shot for like half the you know the time. Uh, I, I think they could get a teaser. Are out by then, but it depends on Diego Luna's schedule. International man of sexiness. Oh man, oh god, I love that movie. Um,
1: I, I I don't see it happening in April 2020. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I, yeah. I think you know. I think you'll so have the, to. I think you'll have Mandalore be the focus of this year. You'll have the Clone Wars, unfortunately, be next year, and then Cassian after that. And yeah, the one they're going
0: to the do more than one a year. I think personally, I think more than one year.
1: They they can, but that takes time. I mean, the Marvel films were not three
0: a year. No, well, no, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I'm just saying, if you look at the f- like what the projected format of casting in K2 is, it's actually a show that doesn't require a huge amount of resources necessarily, because um, it's so dependent on the uh, you know performance of the main two actors, um, and so. Unlike the Mandalorian, where they're flying all over the place with giant battles, supposedly like flying around like Iron Man. I guess that's why they got John Favreau, cause he can do jetpacks. God help us. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I think you push Cassie enough because what else do people look forward to? I mean, best case scenario, what Benny Offenweiss's uh, first movie or movie or whatever is late 2021, right?
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's what people are predicting it to be, uh, and that makes a lot of sense, but like, it's not like they're going to have a whole lot to show them. So,
0: Yeah, I love that we're poaching all the, um, the Game of Thrones people. It's worked great so far. I mean, Phasma, who should be a shit character, is loved specifically because of Gwendolyn Christie. Amelia Clark as, as Kira Universally loves as far as I can tell. You know, they still the, the showrunners. Kit Harrington is dying to be in Star Wars. Jon Snow has been begging for years to be in Star Wars. So we're gonna see Kit Harrington at some point. We've had Peter Dinklage in the Avengers. I wouldn't be surprised if we have him in Star Wars. So I don't know, Jake Girl. I've been happy with the Game of Thrones transfer so far, but until we hear what the freak they Working on it's impossible to make a judgment on that.
1: Well, we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, okay. Well, um, as usual, it's you know it's hard to really nail down big topics like this, but definitely having the conversation is important. I think we agree that kissy, some kissy-kissy is going to happen, some make-out is going to happen, but other than that, I don't know where it's going. I still think Ray's going to kill him. I'm open to other ideas. The fact that people are talking about it, though, in such numbers, with such seriousness, is amazing. I never saw this. With, J- with Star Wars growing up. I thought it was dead. Honestly, for 20 years, I thought Star Wars was dead. It was all beautiful for me. Reylo, Ben Demption, whatever. Everything. Bring it. I'm, I'm, I love it.
1: It's an amazing time to be a Star Wars fan, and it will be amazing seeing the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. I cannot wait. And I, Reylo to me is canon, and Reylo is not one... <laughs> direct form there's many ways to be real and there's no nothing changed to be there's nothing to be ashamed about when it comes to real because there's not one way to be real
0: that i definitely agree with so okay well we promoted a couple podcasts already definitely go ahead promote yourself and anyone else you would like to sure. promote
1: people can find me on twitter at jedi geek Girl. People can find my podcast, I Rebel, a Star Wars Destiny podcast, on any podcatcher. You can also find I Rebel at I Rebel Destiny on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, anywhere, by searching I Rebel Destiny.
0: All right, so um, Poe and Finn, you think you're going to get it on?
1: A storm pilot, definitely. I don't think it's going to happen, but I am a huge
0: storm pilot. They want it. to. I think Poe and Finn want to hook up. I, I think John Boyega and Oscar Isaac want to hook up more than Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver, to be honest.
1: I agree 100%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome all right take girl thank you so much for being on this was great uh, really thrilled to have this conversation or at least start it um i'm open to anything as long as it's cool so we shall see thank you bizzlecast listeners thank you jenna geek girl uh from the two of us uh we appreciate everything you guys have been awesome may the force be with you but for now the bizzlecast is out